All right, we are live. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back into the channel today. Um, very special guest today. So, you know, we are coming into June, um, and which is really the start of the political season because we have midterms coming up next year. And that is going to be, a, especially in Georgia, that is... I think Georgia and Pennsylvania are pretty much the libertarian hotspots. We're like the center of the libertarian world next year. So um, <laughs> I wanted to kind of bring somebody on, get people, get them in front of you. You know, like these live streams are great because we can bring candidates, bring people that are involved a lot in, in, in politics and stuff and allow you guys to ask them questions. So I brought on um, Ryan Graham who is the chair for the Libertarian Party of Georgia. Um, I hope that we, I mean, we, we're we here to talk. We don't really have a set plan of what we're going to talk about. We want to kind of listen to the chat a little bit. And then um, we can talk local to Georgia. We can talk national. We can talk culture. We can talk whatever <laughs> you guys want to talk about. <laughs> There's really no set rules um, in, yeah, my, in, my, in my stream. So, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, welcome. I, to I will just go ahead and well, hello and thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> um, I, I, I love that we're uh, the hot spot for the libertarians uh, right now. And I feel like it's because um, we did a really good job just pissing everybody off last election cycle, uh, which is, uh, you know, which is fantastic. Everybody should be really pissed off about politics. So <laughs> I feel like mission that, no, that, accomplished. That, that is that's absolutely absolutely true. <clears throat> I think people are kind of pissed off a little bit because of the wrong reasons. They don't really understand why they're pissed off, and they're not actually looking at the data, especially when it came to Shane's Shane's campaign. Yeah, definitely, we had uh, David Perdue who uh, who lost his Senate campaign. Everybody blames us, despite the fact that the race that he ended up losing his Senate seat, uh, did not include Shane Hazel. Um, Georgia has some fun rules around runoffs where basically it requires everybody to gain, uh, <clears throat> to get 50% of the vote plus one in order to win, which, which I think is a, a pretty good thing. And if you don't earn that in the uh, general election, there's a runoff. Uh, and that's, so that's what ended up happening. Shane did not make the runoff, um, mm -hmm. but he did uh, take enough of the vote from someone. I, I don't know who, but he took enough of the vote uh, to, to stop anyone from getting 50% plus one in the general. Uh, and so everyone blames him for, you know, everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and really when it comes down to it, I mean, when you look at the numbers, I, I, I always say, I mean, anybody with a brain could see that um, the only reason why Purdue was even in that runoff was because of Shane, not the other way around, but conservatives want to say it was, be, you know, uh, Purdue would have lost in the general. There's no doubt in my mind, because when you look at the numbers, Shane got what 3.4 percent of the vote, and something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> Jorgensen only got 1.4 percent of the vote. Yep, and Biden won the state. So to me, it seems like Shane pulled more Democrat votes, people that voted for Biden, than than Joe did, and that's the whole reason why the runoff even happened in the first place. Well, all the data that I've seen, so there's, there's it's really always going to be impossible to say because we can't actually see what people are doing, but. Um, from the data that I've seen based on polling and some other stuff, um, it, it really looks like um, our voters are unique 
in that um, a significant portion of them, probably over a majority of them, simply would not have shown up had Chain not been in the race. Um, they would have, you know, mm -hmm. I, I voted Libertarian um, in every race that I had, and I basically didn't vote in any other, uh, on ev any other um, election. You know, I, I, I went through, I ticked all the Libertarians and, and no one else deserved my vote. So I didn't vote for them. Um, and I think that that is what a lot of libertarians do. And I think a lot of people don't give us enough credit for that, uh, that our voters typically are not showing up for either. And I agree. And I actually questioned um, if you watch my video with um, Austin Peterson a couple weeks ago, I mentioned this as well, because when you're talking the Caitlyn Jenner um, candidacy in California, there's a lot of conservatives and Republicans that are saying if it was between her and Gavin Newsom, then they just wouldn't vote. And when they tell us that we're voting for the other party or whatnot by not voting and then they're voting, I mean, it's completely hypocritical. They're going against their completely their own rules and they, and they rule themselves out in any future talking points that they have when it comes to comes to those types of issues. Um, but yeah, I, I, so it's it's really interesting. I do agree that libertarian, and that's and that's where Purdue even messed up in his campaign. He arrogantly thought and actually said he owned the libertarian vote. He doesn't understand, and 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 the GOP doesn't understand how libertarians think and how libertarians they just won't vote if there's nobody that they feel confident. Right. We don't vote the lesser of two evils. We vote our principles, right? And, and I think that's, you're exactly right, um, that they don't know, they don't understand our vote, and they also seem to not care, uh, which is even mm -hmm. more frustrating. So, you know, you had, you had David Perdue, who was invited on to Shane Hazel's podcast, um, and, you know, he had, Rand Paul came on and basically said, well, you should vote, you should endorse uh, David Perdue because my record is wonderful. And we're like, well, we're not voting for you, sir. Um, and, you know, maybe we would actually have backed uh, a Rand Paul, uh, despite his his many flaws. Um, he is a mm -hmm. friend of liberty. <clears throat> and yep. so, you know, maybe we would have done that in a way that Purdue completely is not a friend to liberty. Um, his voting record does not does not reflect a libertarian viewpoint. Um, it's probably worse than a lot of Democrats in the Senate. And so, um, you know, we looked at that kind of thing and we said, hey, you're not even willing to come talk to us. Um, we're, we're not going to promote you. In fact, we probably are going to campaign actively against you if you think it's not even worth it. And you're going to say that. Um, <clears throat> little tidbit, I, uh, I actually was in contact with the Georgia GOP during that time. Um, I was connected with David Schaefer, who is the Georgia GOP chair. And um, we had some conversations <clears throat> where I basically told him, hey, you know, if you can get Loeffler or uh, Purdue to talk about libertarian issues, um, I can I can come out and say, hey, look, they're trying to earn our vote by talking about these things and, um, and, and, and promote them. And, you know, I basically said, but it can't be, are we allowed to cuss? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, I basically said it can't be bullshit. Uh, I, sorry, I don't know the rule. Like, everyone has different rules. So, uh, Well, I'm not monetized, so it doesn't matter. And I'm former <laughs> military, so I drop F-bombs like it's a All right, cool. So, you know. <laughs> I, I, basically, I basically said it can't be bullshit because we're going to call you out on that. You know, like if you, if you sit there and say like, oh, I'm anti-spending, we're going to bring up like all of the spending bills that you, you approved uh, that you voted for. You didn't even like not show up, but you voted for them. 
Um, and we're going to, we're going to talk about that and we'll call you out on it. So, you know, we actually ended up coming down. Uh, uh, that was when the, um, the, uh, there was a cannabis act to, to, um, to deschedule it. What was it called? It was called something. Um, well, there was, there's, there's quite a few, right? There's house bill 420 was one of the major ones, of course, <laughs> which was, I, I believe it was the one to, it was actually the, the name of the act was actually regulate cannabis, like alcohol. So it was like, that was the like that. one, um, there was one that the Democrats put forth, uh, in the tiny little window where they couldn't actually accomplish it. Uh, and then have not brought it up again. They blamed the loss on Republicans and then didn't bother to bring it back when they could actually change anything because they're all a bunch of liars. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but basically uh, I said, hey, this bill's going through, there's, there's a lot of problems with it, but we support it because uh, this, it does this major thing. Um, it did actually regulate it a bunch. It created a whole new government agency. It, it was a pretty crappy bill in terms of libertarianism, uh, but it moved us in the right direction. And they said, hey, how about we don't support that? But what we do is we talk about descheduling cannabis. And I was like, yes, if you can get David Perdue on the record to deschedule, wanting to deschedule cannabis, we will go out to our people and we will promote that. I, I, I mean, I made that deal. I was yeah. like, cool, we're not going to do any back, back uh, room dealings or anything. I'll be up front. This is what's happening. Um, and David Schaefer said, cool, I'll run a flagpole. I'll see what's going on. Uh, never heard back from him. Uh, of course, we never heard anything like that from David Perdue. Uh, I emailed David yep. Schaefer a little bit later and I said, what's going on with this? And his response was, how about you endorse us and we put your logo on a mailer and it goes out to everybody and then you guys get some press that you endorsed us. And I'm like, I don't, what? Like, I can't even tell if you're <laughs> joking with me right now. Like this is silly. You know, I, I sent a message back that was basically like, I think you're kidding and I, I don't appreciate it. So um, <laughs> that's kind of where we ended up is, you know, the Republicans just think that we owe them everything. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. And I don't either because it's kind of, it's kind of the opposite now. And, and, and libertarians are, are a finicky bunch, right? Um, you don't they, say <laughs> i mean just and, and i'm bringing up the the fact when joe jorgensen made the the anti-racist comment mm -hmm. so many libertarians jump ship at one point i mean and that's the problem I, I think we have is that so many libertarians they want a perfect candidate and one flaw in the you know one flaw and they're they're out they're not going to vote um, especially, and then, and then don't even get started on the anarchist who, if, if it's anything, but if it's anything between, you know, minarchist and, you know, conservative, then it's like, you're done. Right. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a minarchist, but I love my anarchists. I, I, um, I see them as our, like, uh, our North star, you know, I see them as <laughs> they keep us on the straight and narrow, you know, they're like, Hey, but really, <laughs> yeah and i'm i'm the same as you i i mean the only thing that i believe that the government should be funding is a national protection force to secure our country from invasion and oh, that okay. is basically it <laughs> i actually think we could probably handle that mine is criminal justice i i think um we do it very poorly i don't um I don't know what a good system looks like. Uh, the, the good news for libertarians is I don't have to have um, that imagination to figure it out. So 
uh, but I, you know, I, I, I also can't figure it out in an anarchist view, um, how it works. I'm sure lots of your listeners are going to jump on me and try to explain it to me, but I have read all the theories and, and, uh, or all the mainstream theories and <clears throat> I just don't buy it. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. right now what we have is sort of this oligarchy, uh, where people with resources purchase the power and are generally controlling, you know, criminal justice rungs where, you know, anything that is a fine basically is legal if you're rich enough um is is sort of what the system is i don't i don't necessarily know how to fix that but i don't think anarchy is is that fix (laughs) so (laughs) no well if anarchy is a great it's a great thing to shoot for yeah but it's not even just americans you have to worry about i think it's international pressure you would i mean yes we have enough guns we have enough protection for ourselves but you would constantly be fighting off foreign invaders that's that's where i'm at you know um and then you're right i mean there has to be some sort of criminal justice um you know how do you you know how how does that even work in an anarchist system with um with 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 somebody steal something from somebody else is it just like community based and everybody comes in i don't know you know so there's not a lot of that type of stuff that people look at people think that oh you just you just handle it between the two of you no that doesn't work yeah um with the the, um national defense i i I start looking at like afghanistan right and like america invading afghanistan and and really just doing a terrible job of it and i'm like man if yeah if, if the afghan people can uh, can defend against America. Imagine what Americans would do to somebody who tried to do the oh, same yeah. thing. I mean, the urban warfare alone, I mean, would just, I mean, just literally decimate armies. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. The true, the true meaning of decimate, literally, you know? <laughs> well, that's whenever, you know, you hear um, the anti the, or the gun control people saying, you really think you can stand up to the U.S. Army? I'm like, uh-huh. the Afghans have done it, for, or the Taliban's done it for, what, coming up on 20 years now? <laughs> and that's <laughs> us, you know, and before that, it was, yeah. it was the Soviets, and before that, it was, you know, like, I mean, it's yeah, everybody. The the, it was UK before that, right? It was out. the colonialists yeah. from uh, Great Britain. So, I mean, they've, they've been doing it for ever. <laughs> yeah, but that's the that's the biggest issue is because to get to a state you kind of have to go uh state an anarchist state you have to go through through like a minarchist state and everything like that to even get there yeah where because communists they they want to go through the growth of government and then get rid of government process right that's how marx lays it out yeah whereas anarchists see it as more practical to be able to shrink government and then get you know to get to phase it out instead of just all in and then get people used to it and then pull pull the government out of there because no government's ever going to give up a power because right, that's dumb that that's literally <laughs> yeah. never happened it won't happen that doesn't happen so um but yeah so um what else do we have oh so we were talking about the last election though um kind of keep on that topic now you told me you are involved in the lawsuit about ballots or what, or for the well, new election law. Yeah. So you, 
you and uh, your listeners may uh, have heard of the, the bill that is made national news about um, the election reform bill that Republicans passed recently, and everybody's all up in arms about, you know, oh, you can't hand out water. Um, <clears throat> so I think that that's probably a stupid thing to worry too much about because <clears throat> that's probably not going to stop anybody from voting. Um, if it does, you might not have been terribly um, invested in voting anyway. Um, <clears throat> so but the, 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 the law is actually bad in, in a, a, a lot of ways. So um, one of the primary things is it doesn't do what they claim it would do. So, you know, they wanted more, uh, they wanted more security in the elections uh, and particularly in absentee ballots. And what they did was they required an ID uh, instead of a signature, which sounds great on its face. I, I actually support um, showing an ID when you come in to vote. Um, I'm, I'm fine with that. But absentee is a little bit different. Um, it's really easy to steal a list or to buy a list uh, of driver's license numbers uh, and commit fraud that way. Um, so it's it's basically it's a it's a lot easier to go in and uh, write in a driver's license number that you know than it is to actually forge somebody's signature that has to then be matched. Right? You can probably forge some mm -hmm. of them, but like you're going to screw up some, and it's harder to do. So what they actually did was made it easier to forge those um, ballots. <clears throat> um, the other thing that they did was they removed the Secretary of State from the um, state election board. Um, so there's basically no um, there's no statewide elected official in charge of that uh, in charge of that body. And worse yet, they allow that body to take over county election boards with absolutely no due process. So they can just come into Fulton County and say, oh, you, you're, you're misbehaving. And if they say why, uh, they don't have to answer them. They can just take over uh, indefinitely. They can take over the election board from a locality, um, which that's one of the primary things we're actually challenging is, is that piece of it. Um, <clears throat> to keep on down the line, um, we also are able to put in um, poll watchers and part of our poll watching is when there are issues, they report it back up to us so that we can make a stink about it if, there, if we need to, um, if there's any, anything going on that's kind of weird. Um, and they basically made it so that they're not allowed to report back to us. Um, they can only report to the uh, precinct, the people running the precinct, which are probably the people who are up to no good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we, we see that as a first amendment issue. Like, how can you tell me yeah. we can't, you can't report something that's going on. Um, and then finally they, they made it illegal to look at other people's ballots. Um, which, did you vote in person here? Yeah, I did. So yep. you see the new, the new machines, it's a giant screen and you look over and you can just see what people are doing. Right. So your glance yeah. over, you're now a felon, uh, or you can be accused of a felony, um, a felony charge so they can they can then take you to court for even looking over so we've had poll watchers basically tell us um we're afraid to be poll watchers now because they're going to accuse us of felonies and we're going to have to fight that in court yeah. um so we're fighting all of those uh very real issues uh and and uh we think we have a pretty good shot we're we're taking a little bit of a different tact we're not saying oh you're you're a bunch of racists we're saying oh you you actually made it so it's uh less secure. It's easier to fudge the numbers. <laughs> yeah, because this this is completely different than any conversation that I've heard about yeah. about the law. Because when you listen to the Democrats talking points, um, 
yeah, when you when you when you look at the Democrat talking points, you 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 wouldn't even think anything's wrong, right? So you look at the two talking points, you actually kind of look at what's going on, and you're like, that's not that's not it at all. So then you just kind of drop it, right? I mean, well, and, and what, so what you're saying is... actually makes sense, like with the with the driver's license signatures and everything like that. Those types of things make sense, but they're making it like you said about race and right. lines and stuff like that. And I can tell you, I live in one of those counties that had the long lines, and there was a long ass line the first day to vote. I came back. I never waited more than twenty minutes actually i never even really waited it was like in and out in 20 minutes so yeah. on another day that's so i did those i do are early voting of- i do week two early voting uh it, georgia is actually crazy easy to vote they do uh for people who don't know there's three weeks of early voting uh where you can come in literally all day there's no excuse absentee voting which still exists you can just request a ballot by mail and send it back in uh, there are now drop mm-hmm. boxes where there's never been drop boxes before last year, and um, you can still vote on the same day as well. So it's it's so yeah. easy to vote in Georgia. It's absolutely easy. <laughs> well, and that that's the other thing that they that the that the the complaint is too is because now so there had never been drop boxes, but now they're like going to lower the amounts. Like only every county gets like one or two drop boxes, right? right? So that's what they're trying to make that about like because you know fulton county cobb county and DeCobb, they're all going to have less drop boxes than they had in the last election but and that's where they're trying to run the race the race issue and stuff like that and before last election there were no drop boxes is very key exactly. information that people do not like to share <laughs> it, it, that's that's exactly that's you're exactly right <laughs> i mean it's 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 insane because um i mean i think that there are some things that that were fishy in the last election and that we need to look at like all the corrections and the and the dominion voting systems and stuff like that when you start to see some of the videos of how a poll worker can just go change a ballot like in a correction like super easy right i haven't i haven't <laughs> seen that but you know we, uh, we actually <laughs> campaigned pretty hard against um the the bill that allowed dominion voting to come in and, and give their machines we we uh, campaigned really hard for hand-marked paper ballots, um, and the Republicans, um, a lot of them actually behind closed doors or like closer to it, agreed with us on a lot of the issues mm-hmm. that we were bringing up because um, you want them to be auditable, you want things to be traceable, you want to be able to, um, you, you want it to be secure, transparent, and all that. And Dominion doesn't really do that, but they agreed with us. They basically said we're too far down this line and it's too publicized. We can't we can't go back on our party, which is why party politics is is pretty terrible, says the head of a party. You know, I mean, yeah, party politics, <laughs> it, it, it creates some pretty bad scenarios. Um, and I imagine it will create some some problems with us, too. I, I just hope that we can overcome them. But, um, you know, like I said, we had people that agreed with us. Um, but, you know, Barry Fleming is the one who sponsored that bill. Um, and he's also the one who came out and said, oh, everything is is insecure. We have to recount. We have to do all this. I'm like, you wrote the bill that created the system that we have now, and we fought you. And now you're saying that, that you're basically campaigning against yourself. You just won't say it. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and no one will listen. Um, <laughs> actually, so the question in the chat is, is our ballot selfies legal? So can you take not. a picture with your ballot? You can. They've never been um, legal, right? 
No, uh, it, it's a Georgia thing, um, but you cannot oh. do that. They will stop you. Um, you may actually, you know, I, I haven't looked into it and I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. Um, but it may actually end up being a felony based on what I was saying earlier with the new law. Well, that's what I, I thought it was already a felony. So it, I don't you know. know. I don't know. I know they've Just taken me before. Well, <laughs> taking taking picture taking pictures inside of a polling place in general i thought was a felony uh it, it may very well be i'm not sure yeah because they want uh, you to i mean you're not allowed to do a lot of stuff inside polling places like i mean obviously campaigning stuff um campaigning it has to be within like what 100 feet everything yeah. like that <clears throat> well and i'm i'm sort of like um I'm, you know, I'm radical free speech. So I, I think that you should be able to, and this isn't like a primary point and it's not something I super care about, but, you know, I think you should be able to campaign wherever you want. Um, it, you know, if they kick you off their property, then that's one thing, but it's public property as well. So, um, you know, they don't really have a right to do that, but you, you can't even wear campaign t-shirts in line. They can, they can pull you out of line for yeah. that. Um, but I think you should be able to hand out water. I think you should be able to hand out water with campaign slogans on it. I actually don't care. I, th I think that's totally legit. Yeah. Um, that, who cares? Like, uh, I, I, I yeah. think they should stop being involved in what people are allowed to do for each other. Yeah, exactly. I think some of that runs into like what we saw, what was it? Oh, eight with, in the, in, um, Obama got elected and, you know, you had black Panther standing outside voter intimidation and stuff like that and i think that's where a lot of that comes into play but then again they just don't want people like changing their mind last minute and it, they don't you know of stuff that they didn't they don't even have time to research yeah i i saw some of that with stacy abrams where there was the new black panther party where we're carrying guns and it's hilarious watching people who are like big second amendment oh people being like no look they're 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 obviously bad guys i'm like what do you mean they're just they're just holding guns man like we're we're for this like we're not just again yeah. we're not just for it when like we we like the people but I, I i don't know if you know this but it does seem maybe like a little racist that you only have a problem with it when there's a bunch of black dudes yeah well and that's what you see now you know they all the left always tries these gotcha questions when they post like the picture of like the whole black family wearing you know holding ars and they're like what do you think about this and all and like everybody's like hell yeah go for it Thumbs yeah up. that's awesome Do we, we don't care <laughs> yeah we just want people to have the right to and and now the big thing is you know any second amendment violation in, in a lot of ways they that is almost system systemic racism that they're trying to implement because when you really look at the stats of who is really in need of some of these AR-15s and firearms and everything like that. It's people that live in gang-riddled neighborhood. Yeah. And the left will tell you just as much as anybody that those are high concentration of minorities. Mm -hmm. So, it, it, and if you go by their language, that means that their gun legislations impact minorities more than they impact white people. So then that, that would mean that it's systemic racism, right? <laughs> well, and, and the first gun control laws that were put in place were, were in California with the Black Panthers who were, who were patrolling their own neighborhoods, stopping police from harassing the people in their communities. They were literally carrying their guns to stop state-sponsored oppression. And mm -hmm. the state came in and tried to create laws to disarm them because it was making their job of oppressing these people a lot harder. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what they, that's what they want to do. Right. I mean, they, right. I mean, it, it's when, it whenever, it, when, yeah, whenever it comes to anything that, that combats the state, they're mm. all over it. They, they, they care most about it. I mean, just look at Antifa and BLM all last year compared to January 6th because it was against them now they're involved and they want all these commissions and stuff like that well they actively go out and stoke the fires of antifa yeah i don't know the blm citizens. folks they um you know here in atlanta <laughs> they set that cop car on fire and uh, up in minnesota they set the uh, police precinct on fire um i think there was some 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 um you know i i'm i'm never gonna uh, promote violence i don't like what happened on january 6th uh, well i don't like what some yeah. of the people did on january 6th i will not give it give everybody credit for the the bad behavior there were plenty of people who were up there who had no idea what was going on um and were just, just yeah. thought they were doing the right thing and were not violent <clears throat> same with the blm and, and um, uh, the blm protests I, I was in a blm protest but um you know if you target the oppressor um it it does sort of you know, you look at it and you say, well, maybe this makes some sense. I still don't don't like violence. Um, I don't think violence is the answer yeah. for any of it. That's why I'm part of a political party and I'm trying to change things um, with the system. Absolutely. Within the system. Yeah, absolutely. I think actually Spike Cohen said it best and, and I kind of reiterated some of those same sentiments when it happened is if you were cheering on Antifa and BLM last year and you're condemning this, then you're a hypocrite. If you're cheering this on, but we're, you know, um, condemning Antifa and all that last year, you're a hypocrite. The only thing that I said that makes January 6th, in my opinion, better than Antifa and stuff like that is it was against government. If you're going to go after somebody, go after the people that are actually oppressing. Don't destroy private businesses and private property. I, you know, so that's I, the I just, only thing, but I'm very much anti-violence as well. So. Sure. <laughs> I, I think I think there's too much focus, uh, particularly from the right, on um, the bad behavior that happened for the BLM protests. Um, there were um, some property uh, property crime, some property rights crime, um, and and yes, we should speak out against that. We should say that's not right. Um, but a vast majority of it was not that. Um, it, a vast majority of it was peaceful protesting. Um, here in Atlanta, you know, I mean, you had uh, Mayor Bottom saying go home and, you know, sending the National yeah. Guard after people, shooting tear gas at people, uh, you know, sending troops after them. Um, and that was that was while people were being peaceful. Um, and so, mm -hmm. you know, that we should, we should always be able to support and speak uh, yep. in support of. I was always with those folks. You know, if you want to go trash CNN Center, like I know lots of people don't like CNN, but also like you don't get to trash CNN Center. Like that's private property. You just don't <laughs> get to do that. And they did it anyway. Yeah. And we can be against that and we can be pro the movement in general. Um, I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I actually like I, I think mayor bottoms had a very good stance at least at the beginning when all when it started here in atlanta i gave her a lot of credit that very first news conference with ti and killer mike and and all that <laughs> right yeah i know but it's i think i think that, yeah <laughs> can kill a mic be the face of <laughs> calm right <laughs> um 
I think no, but I that I mean that was a very powerful message that they presented that night, and it was the go home message. Um, and so, it, I, and then what a week or so later, um, was it Richard Brooks was shot yeah, in the, the, Wendy's. the Wendy's? Yeah, and then I it live was about a mile hands- from the Wendy's. So oh Jesus, <laughs> well, and then it was then oh man, then it was hands off. Like they were like on the other side of the issue you know they were kind of stoking the fires after that too well what pissed what pissed me off sorry about that uh, what pissed me off about that whole the, that whole press conference and all that was they they set up and they said literally you are not allowed to be on the streets anymore like they they didn't just yeah. say go home they then brought men with guns out and forced you to be at home and if you weren't at home they committed violence against you and i'm like yes yeah. that's this is not acceptable treatment of human beings at all like i just don't care what they're doing this is not fine because uh, I mean, they they basically said if you're out, you're guilty, and and just destroyed the presumption of innocence just because they're of a yeah. few bad actors, uh, which is is you know we were founded uh, as a nation to be against that. So, you know, I, I just I, I see that kind of stuff, and and Mayor Bottoms, um, I'm so glad she's not going to be here next year. I mean, she's going to be <laughs> she's going to be a Fed next year. We all know it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, that's true <laughs> though I, I i put i wrote an article when um kamala harris was named the vp nominee and i said there were so many better candidates and i said if you really wanted to go with a, with with a, a black woman of color then mary bottoms would have been better than kamala harris but not much better <laughs> or you know tulsi gabbard well yes and but i actually i said it <laughs> I, I said at the time, well, I said at the time, if they really wanted to win, because I thought, I thought Donald Trump was going to win that election. I mean, Joe Biden's just such a bad candidate. So, um, so and he's just a bad it's president, so bad. you know? True, 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 true. <laughs> um, yeah, I was not, I didn't vote for Trump either election either. Yeah. And, but there's a lot of times where yeah, this is where it's hard being a libertarian. And, and I don't know if you watched my video. I actually just released a video with um, Trey Felder the other day mm-hmm. about um, um, we, we were talking critical race theory, but we dove a lot into this stuff, into, into the politics of stuff too, when it came down, um, when it came down to it. And we were, we were talking about a lot of that. Um, just the, the way that, as libertarians you're in this middle ground and it's like if you're not 100 against donald trump to the left you're a trumpist but if you are critical of donald trump then you're a leftist and so people can't see past past these two extremes and they yeah. want to put you in these extremes which actually pushes more people to the middle which is where as a party you guys are trying to pull everybody in right yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it is hard. I mean, we, we get, we get called all kinds of names from all kinds of people all day because um, one of the things that we do, um, you know, knowing, look, I mean, we knew full well that Joe Jorgensen uh, was not likely going to win the election. Um, But, but we support, we support her anyway. Uh, Well, I supported her anyway. I know lots of people didn't, Um, but we like, you know, we're interested in nuance. We know that, that you can say, look, there's, there's good things about people. There's bad things about people, about everyone, you know, uh, even Joe Jorgensen, when she said, you know, it's not enough to be, uh, to not be racist, you must be anti-racist. Um, 
I don't necessarily agree with that, but I didn't jump ship because I, I have nuance, right? There was nuance on my exactly. side where I said, I said, but I agree with her about like literally everything else. Like she had a campaign misstep that, um, that wasn't like, you know, laughing at people being in jail over cannabis because that's messed up. By the way, that's what Barack Obama did. So yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. you know, that, to me, that's like atrocious. So it's like, exactly. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And that's why I like, I, it, it's hard. You, you give people the benefit of the doubt. Like I said, it's libertarians are finicky people. <laughs> I know there's that's, not, there's there, nobody. I mean, that's the joke, right? Nobody is a real libertarian. So, right. <laughs> so that's, I mean, so my, my whole stance is, you know, from, from minarchist to constitutionalist um, and probably not much further, um, I think we should all be able to work together. Um, I think every everyone in that in that range should probably be um, a Libertarian Party member and should be running for 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 camp cam, uh, should be running for office and should be supporting candidates for Libertarian Party because we are all moving in the same direction. We all want to reduce the size and scope of government. Some of those people want yep. to reduce it to zero. Some of those people want to reduce it to the Constitution, um, and some of those people want everything in between and that's fine. Um, and the truth of the matter is, um, even if we all band together and work for our entire lifetime, we we're probably not even going to get to the constitutionalists. Um, and so there's no reason we shouldn't be banding together to work together. And you know what, if we get to the point where some people have to drop off, if the constitutionalists are like, well, we got where we wanted to get and they drop off and they start fighting the, uh, minarchists and anarchists, uh, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would love yeah, to be there. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, that would exactly because I moved from growing up conservative, very much constitutionalist, wanted to get down to that point. Um, loved Ron Paul, at the time didn't like his for, didn't didn't understand foreign. I didn't know. And honestly, I didn't understand foreign policy enough. So I didn't understand. I, I couldn't get on board with his policy, his uh, foreign policy at that time. And then I served in the military for seven and a half years. Uh, and then you understood <laughs> better I, than he did. And I got, I, I got out in 2017. So I was still in, in 2016 and I didn't vote Republican in 2016. Right. I'm not going to say who I voted for because that was a mistake. Too. <laughs> I voted for McCain. So, you know, yeah, we all, we've all um, been there. We all didn't know what we were doing at some point. <laughs> oh, I voted for. Oh, I mean, in my past, I voted for McCain and Romney because that's where oh. I was at the time. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, I graduated college in two thousand nine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't understand uh, like Libertarian Party platforms and stuff like that. Yeah. You didn't understand a lot of that. And honestly, I mean, and and I I think until what last year really it was it was last year the lp has had a bad um had a what's it called it's just been a bad reputation of party not necessarily libertarians but the party itself under previous leadership of the party i know even shane has hammered previous leadership when the because they're they start to push i mean even last year nick Solwork was pushing people out of the party like li- actively like <clears throat> pushing people out like saying if you don't 
register as a libertarian, then we don't want you. He, I mean, I think that was almost his exact statement. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm a big proponent of uh, pointing your guns outward. I, I don't, I don't like a lot of the infighting that's going on. I don't like building yeah. a party on, you know, hatred for your fellow libertarians, because there are a lot of different flavors of libertarian. Um, <clears throat> and I think we all come at it from different different places. Um, you know, I, like I said, I voted for McCain. I, I never really felt very good about that vote. I never have identified as a Republican, but lots of people have, lots of people speak the mm -hmm. language of the right. You know, uh, I, I say right, I hate, I hate using right, left, but sometimes it's helpful. Lots of people speak the language of the right and, and, um, and come to libertarianism. Lots of people speak the yep. language of the left and come to libertarianism and care a lot more about, um, I used to call myself a, a left libertarian until I realized that that was what the Libsox, the libertarian socialists were um, <laughs> referring to themselves as, um, which I was never that. I'm more of a civil libertarian. Um, I'm more of like a, I come at it from a humanist standpoint. So, you know, I, I think I speak the language of the left pretty well um, and not, and, and sometimes the right, but mostly the, the left. Um, and I think we just need all kinds because um, it's going to take talking to lots of people in their own language. And when you speak, a, you know, the opposite language in our crazy dichotomy right now, people just shut off. And so, you yeah. know, we have like, uh, I love our state. So we have, you know, Shane Hazel, um, who's run for Senate, and um, he is he's seeking the Libertarian nomination for governor right now. And um, yeah. He obviously speaks the language of the right very well. Um, he fires up people who just want to be left alone um, and, and, and cares a lot more about monetary issues and things like that. He's very good at speaking to that. So we also have a guy named Chase Oliver here in Georgia who ran for U.S. House District 5 last year. Um, he has announced that he's seeking our nomination for Senate uh, for next year. And, you know, he speaks the language of the left, but when he ran for House District 5, you know, he was outflanking the, the sea of Democrats running for that office from the left saying, you know, you suck at criminal justice reform, because if you actually cared about people, you'd be talking about qualified immunity or uh, ending cash bail or doing some of these other things um, where they weren't ready to do that. Um, and so you need, especially depending on region, things like that. You need people speaking different languages. And one of my favorite things in the whole world during the Joe Jorgensen campaign, uh, that whole year where they were both running for office was when they'd get on the same stage and start talking uh, and, and just be like, you know, we, we couldn't be more different, but we're here together, like fighting for this. Mm -hmm. Turns out they went to the same high school <laughs> at the same time. And just, uh, yeah. you know, Shane's like, we didn't really get along and everybody laughs, you know, <laughs> but it's just, it's just amazing to see um, those two come together to fight for liberty. And I think we need them both. That's, yeah. that's all. I, I absolutely agree. I think, um, but I mean, keeping on that topic of, of election stuff like this, like what, cause as I said on the top, we have, we're kind of the center of the universe right now coming up next year. Cause not only do we have a Senate seat open, which you said Chase is running for, but we do have a governor seat open, which Shane's running for. So we have these two very big elections coming up that the world's going to be watching because now Georgia is this all eyes on center, all eyes on Georgia, because we're now this swing state, which everybody's fighting for. Mm -hmm. um, so what, 
is the goal for this for this election season and what is what changes are we making in this campaign to on these campaigns to get them more out there get them more publicity get get everything get get the message out there that we sh- that you know libertarians should be a third party um as well and i and i'll leave this open but i think you can also probably dive into almost even the ballot access and stuff like that yeah um but what are the changes that you guys are are looking at well we want to have libertarians on every single ballot and every single race this is is the goal i know that's it's it's lofty it's not going to happen in one year but that's that's the goal um a lot of people don't understand our ballot access uh woes you know they they say uh why do you always run for president and governor but you don't run anybody for you know, U.S. House or State House or State Senate, and they don't understand that it actually takes uh, a lot of petitioning, a lot of money, a lot of time uh, just to get on the ballot here in Georgia for those races. Um, That is the major goal, though, is to get on every single, uh, into every single office, every single um, camp, um, I guess, what are we, what are we saying here? Uh, Into every single election, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. We have a pretty good statewide, uh, group of people who are are looking to run i'm considering a run for lieutenant governor i have not made a decision on that yet but i'm considering it okay um we have a candidate you heard it here first (laughs) oh i'll tell anybody who wants to listen (laughs) (laughs) um we have somebody who's interested in secretary of state who people will be excited about when they can answer when they can um um announce that um, attorney general, we actually uh, weirdly have somebody. It's hard to find qualified candidates for attorney general because it, it requires uh, you to be a lawyer. Um, a lot of those people are well connected with the major parties. Um, what people don't realize is down ballot, <clears throat> um, it requires for libertarians, um, we have ballot access for statewide offices. Other mm-hmm. uh, third parties and independents do not. They have to collect about 75,000 signatures to get on the ballot uh, for statewide office. We earned that back in the 90s, uh, and we keep it every year by getting a certain minimum number of votes. So people say we lose every year, but um, I think we win um, in some way because we maintain our ballot access. That's that's a win. It's not the win. It's yeah. a win. Um, <clears throat> For districted races, it takes five, you have to get signatures from 5% of active registered voters in a six month period. Um, So for US House, that number equals about 20,000 signatures. For state Senate, it requires about 9,000 signatures. For state House, it's about 2,000 signatures. Uh, And it's really double that. So it's really 40,000, 18,000 and 4,000 because they uh, invalidate about half of them uh, because their data sucks. As everyone in Georgia knows, it's constantly reported on Secretary of State's data sucks. So we go out, we get our signatures, and they invalidate over half of them, and we don't get on the ballot anyway. Um, for 40,000 signatures, you're actually looking at 3 to $5 per signature as well. So you're really looking at $120,000 to um, what times five, whatever that, that is. You're looking at a lot of freaking money uh, before you can even get on the ballot. So that's like you know, not paying for advertising, not paying for yard signs, not paying for anything else. You're paying for signature gatherers to go out and get your signatures. No third party has done it since the 1940s when they put the law on the books. So we've been fighting that. We actually had a lawsuit we've been fighting for the last three or four years now. And um, we have recently won that lawsuit. Uh, the, the, The judge ruled it unconstitutional after after ruling it constitutional, then we uh, we 
uh, what you call it. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh my gosh, my brain's not working. Um, we took it to the higher court <laughs> appeal. We appealed it. Oh yeah. Uh, you appealed it. <laughs> yeah. The higher court basically said, yeah, you're right. They didn't do it right. So they vacated the original one, sent it back. And then the, the, the judge relooked at it the way they told him to and said, you're right. It's unconstitutional. Um, so they asked us for the remedy. We said, uh, we would like to not have any signatures. <laughs> Um, and then the secretary of state responded to that and said, yeah, we still think it's constitutional. So we think they should have to do all the signatures. And, uh, and now we're just sort of waiting on the judge to come back. But basically we think, um, we don't know what the judge is going to do. It could be anywhere between, you know, zero, 2000 signatures. They could come back and do nothing. I mean, that could happen. That seems weird if they said it's unconstitutional and then do nothing that doesn't make a ton of sense. But, um, you know, the state sucks, so they might do it. Um, we're hopeful that it gets reduced enough where we can have somebody on the ballot for every U.S. House race. Um, that, that would be a giant thing for us. So um, and then my focus generally is recruiting people for state house. The 2000 signatures <laughs> is doable um, and it's where we can have an impact. 60 percent of those races go unopposed every year, uh, which represents 80 percent of Georgia. And we're not the third party. We're the we're we're just the second person on the ballot at that point. We're we're just opposing, typically unopposed people. So yeah. um, that's where I really think that we could have some success if we really like pumped our resources in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Now on that as well, because you guys were doing something with uh, LP National last week, right? So maybe you got some, a little bit more insight. Now, actually, are you on Clubhouse? Uh, I am, but I've only really done like one or two things. And the, the, like the first major one I would listen to was the Dave Smith, Justin Amash and, and, uh, uh, JBH. And I, it was, that's, awesome. that's the one I was, I was actually going to get at. So cool. <laughs> because they were talking these same issues last week and Spike. actually Dave Smith brought up, it was a little bit, a little bit different than what most libertarians want to hear. And it was we absolutely need to focus on national elections, not just not state and local elections, because if you can get your name out nationally, that's where we have to grow. The party is is at a national level. You growing it from the ground from the grassroots is too like in and, and your and what you're saying right now is it's almost too difficult because of the signature requirements and stuff like that. So if you can get on these big ticket ballots and get the message out there, then that's a win if you yeah. can get people to vote. And I actually think um the, one of the biggest things that we have to be telling people in these election cycles, because what we see over and over and over is they will tell poll people one thing and then they'll vote a different way, right? Because they, they get sucked into this lesser of two evils, where I think the people need to be completely honest with the poll workers to give other people more confidence to actually go into the polls and vote. So if we start get, seeing 10, 12, 13, 14%, maybe more people will be like, well, maybe this is, it's worth my vote to go this way. And it's not a vote against, because a lot of people, the average person that's not in politics, they like our message, but they don't want to waste their vote because they're getting sucked into that. You're wasting your vote if you're, voting for third parties right unfortunately um uh dave smith is partially right i'm partially right um because what we have to do is all of the things um Mm -hmm. that that's really what it comes (laughs) down to um is the top of the ticket even if we're not winning those are the people who are getting the media attention to dave smith's point and they're the ones who are going to 
bring the spotlight to the Libertarian Party and the Libertarians in a way that uh, the local candidates simply can't because they're just not covered at all. You know, a lot of local, a lot of state house reps um, who win, who who are in um, you know big contested races, still don't get covered by their own media. Um, the media likes to cover the top of the ticket. So, um, you know, I my strategy is to have, um, and this is not an endorsement, so don't don't have this as support for anybody or anything like that, but having somebody, you know, big and flashy at the top, like, like Shane, who brings the spotlight, who drags the spotlight, whether it wants to be there or not right on over to him, um, who then can share it, um, which he has also done a magnificent job of doing. He, he likes to promote people who don't necessarily have a platform, um, and have a lot of good things to say, which, which I love about him. Um, but that's what we really need at the top of the ticket are people willing to drag the spotlight over and then share it, um, and, and get people to say, look, um, you know, I love you, Shane, I'm not willing to vote for you because, well, I can't let Stacey Abrams or, or, you know, uh, Brian Kemp win. I I just can't let it happen. So, um, I'm not willing to vote for you. And, and, and Shane, uh, actually convinced them to vote for everybody else down ticket. You know what I mean? And, And, Absolutely. That's what our ticket looks like. Um, I was going to say it earlier where um, we, we, we do typically do better down ballot. You know, you, you talk about Joe Jorgensen's um, election results and versus Shane Hazel's and um, what we see. So what, what the major parties see, what the old parties see is uh, like a, a, a upside down pyramid. You know, they, they get the most at the top and then they get voters mm-hmm. who just come in and vote for president and then like walk out the door and don't vote for anybody else. Um, where we get is people vote for the most important person they think they can vote for for president um, without losing, yeah. quote unquote, losing. And then down ballot, they say, oh, I can take a shot at the libertarian here. And so our public yeah. service commission uh, candidates will typically do better than everybody else because nobody cares or knows what they do, even though it's a really important position. I ran for it in 2018. <laughs> so. <laughs> so here's, here's, here's a question kind of going back to, um, because like you said, um, Dave Smith, Justin Amash, and, and then we're all talking on clubhouse. Um, and the real question though is, do you know, and has there been much talk about Justin Amash's future role in the party? Like what's, where is he at when it comes to being in the party? I know he's obviously active. Um, he's actively pushing liberties, pushing liberty principles. Not sure though, if he's where, where, where he's at in terms of talking and, and running like with, with leadership, yeah. <laughs> if you can talk about it. <laughs> well, that's, I'm, so I'm not, I'm not in the know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not in that, that kind of club. Uh, I'm really worried about Georgia and I, and I let everybody know that. So they don't bog me down with the details. Um, I, yeah. I can tell you that the, the people who probably know more about Justin Amash are, are keeping pretty tight lipped about it. Um, yep. But if you look at what he's doing, um, he's going to conventions. He's, he's speaking to libertarians who will have the ability to vote at the national convention, um, which is, key. You have to earn our nomination at the national convention to, to become our presidential candidate. And um, I think he is laying the groundwork to run. But like I said, I, I don't actually know. I'm just sort of 
reading the tea leaves. I'm, I'm looking at what he's doing yeah. and, and I think it makes sense that that is maybe what he's doing. Yeah. And that's what I was saying too, because he is very active on clubhouse and getting those types of conversations going and stuff like yeah. that. He was right there to welcome Dave Smith on there and then spike joined. And I think, I mean, I didn't even know. I think that was one of the things that I wish I would have known more about in the last election. I didn't really know much about Spike Cohen's like where he stood and like what yeah. his policies were. And he, he's brilliant. I mean, he's, he, Oh my God. He's the future of the party. I love Spike. <laughs> no, exactly. I Spike. So I mean like him and, and like an Amash spike ticket would be almost like a dream for the next election. Honestly, I think. <laughs> and, and here, and here is where, um, and again, there's no endorsements here, but it's, it's what I was saying earlier where, um, you want to, you want somebody who can drag the spotlight over, which I think Justin Amash has proven he can, <laughs> And then, um, and then somebody who can really speak to it, which would be Spike. Um, and cause Spike just has, I mean, he just has this way of connecting with people, uh, when he speaks of, of bringing humanity to libertarian ideas in a way that we have needed for a really long time. Um, he talks about current events in a way that brings everybody on board. I don't know anybody from, you know, this caucus or that caucus or, or no caucus at all. Cause I'm caucusless. Um, who doesn't <laughs> just love him, you know, yeah. and we all love him. So yeah. absolutely. I think, well, and see, that's, I was going to go to the caucuses because you bring those up, right? It's, I, caucuses are kind of weird to me when it comes to the Libertarian Party, right? It just seems kind of weird. It's not really, um, because it's almost separating Libertarians into camps and we kind of don't do that. We kind of do it we're kind of all individuals. Um, we don't, I think, I mean, me and most libertarians, I, I think don't really care about caucuses and stuff like that. But then like, I don't think if you're, I mean, me and you are both kind of involved on a daily basis on Twitter and everything like that and seeing what's going on within the infighting, like you mentioned earlier, I don't think the average person sees all the infighting and stuff like that. Um, because yeah, because the Mrs. Caucus has just exploded, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it has, it's kind of taken over a lot of the party. Um, but then they they like stuff from the LPC the other day on Twitter and they like re they shared it. So it's like they're there. I mean, there's common ground. It's not like we're always fighting. But I think what really even got people noticing the caucuses was the whole issue in Pennsylvania. I mean, that's why they were so popular for a little while is because that weren't they, they were blocked from voting for like two years or something wasn't that what happened well yeah no, let me know so, yeah so <laughs> party bylaws uh typically all have rules in place that um protect the party from takeovers from the outside um so pennsylvania's rule says if you've only been a member for less than 180 days you don't actually get voting rights Georgia actually has the same rule. It's 367 days. It's even more. Mm -hmm. um, we said, basically, if you haven't been for longer than a year, um, you, you don't have voting rights. Um, it is also traditionally suspended, that rule, um, if there are no takeover people. But basically, you look around the room, you say, okay, there's uh, you, half this crew, group is wearing MAGA hats. Maybe we don't, we don't suspend the rule this time. Um, yeah. and, you know, you just let it go. Um, and, and then <clears throat> it's to protect the party. Um, and so what happened in Pennsylvania is the establishment there 
not the establishment, the, the longer time members, I should say, because I think the establishment <laughs> ran a good convention. Uh, mm-hmm. I might piss some people off with that, but um, they, they ran by the rules and they, they, the, the chair there um, did what the body said based on the bylaws and there's no room to actually change that. So there's not a lot of what he could do, but um, basically we've got all these rules <clears throat> to keep people from, from voting who are, are taking quote unquote taking over um, to protect the party. And I think sometimes it makes sense. Um, clearly, if you're using those rules against other libertarians, you are not using them the way that they were intended, uh, which has mm-hmm. always been my concern. I, I actually hate that rule a lot. Um, I think that if I think I think that basically there's a presumption when you implement a rule like that that we have um, that we have power that we don't have. Um, I think people don't realize that we are tiny. You know, it's like stop stop it stop <laughs> we're tiny nobody wants yeah. what little power we have it doesn't make any sense so um what i you know and then if if we did have that power we would also have the numbers to prevent it with just votes you know you couldn't have 100 people show up because you'd literally have already like 300 people showing up so like it would be hard to take over at that point. So I hate those rules a lot. I've asked my bylaws committee to review them. Uh, I would like to get rid of them, but um, I don't think that'll pass. So, um, but that's what happened in Pennsylvania. They use rules to stop takeovers from, to stop people who are libertarians from voting. Now, to be fair, they did come say they were trying to take over. So um, there's, yeah. there's that, but <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's true as well. <laughs> um yeah but but like um oh what was i gonna say sorry but i, t- I tend oh, to go no, on it's fine. it's fine no i mean no i love love the rambling it's, it's 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 great it's great uh conversation um i think when it comes to i think i think we're gonna see good strides and, and people starting to come together right because it was actually dave smith who said who who was championing the mrs caucus right he was kind of the the promoter of it from the beginning, um, and that's my understanding. And when we talk about the infighting stuff like that, like literally right before I came on here, I saw his tweet um, that said, "I know there's a lot of infighting in the Libertarian Party right now." But then he mentioned that him, Spike Cohen, and Justin Amash had an amazing conversation on Clubhouse what? the other day, and we're working together to start to start to start bringing everything together so we can work together. So I think that was the first that might be the first step to like uniting people under the same banner right well and i can tell you here in georgia um you know there was a little bit of bad blood between me and michael heiss who uh, is the i I guess the chair of the mises caucus the national mises caucus Mm -hmm. um but generally that's kind of um that's that's personal um and so there's there's some personal issues there um and and i have been um i've been you know totally cool with what's been going on in Georgia. I think Georgia is a Mises state. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, I think yeah. if we ran a convention today, we would be majority Mises for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. If we weren't at our convention, I actually had to miss our convention uh, due to a COVID scare. But um, so I, I think if we had, like I said, we're a Mises state and um, I can tell you that it's not been terrible. Um, they, you know, they're bringing people on board. Um, they're bringing active people on board. They're starting affiliates. They're um, becoming members. Um, paying in and, and um, supporting the party in a really good way. Um, I've struggled a little bit with 
um, you know, basically communicating that I'm not an enemy. Uh, we are not the enemy, you know, because the mm -hmm. recruitment efforts tend to be um, that the Libertarian Party is the enemy. So like, come on board so we can change it. And I'm like, well, you don't really have to change it here. Literally just show up. Um, and and what do you want to do? Because uh, let me let me see if I can give you the keys to a brand new car to, to do what you want to do. Uh, and so that's been my message throughout. Uh, yeah. I, I actually only won my chairmanship by one vote. And um, it was because <laughs> there was some some organization behind in the Mises caucus um, to, to mm -hmm. replace me. Um, and what I did was I, I actually uh, held a town hall and invited all of them to come. I, I, you know, I put the word out and said, hey, all the Mises caucus people come to this town hall. Um, let's talk. And uh, because I think that you think that I'm, you know, some kind of enemy, but really like, tell me what you want. And um, so now those guys, you know, they run our social media, um, mm -hmm. they're helping plan the convention. They're, you know, they're, they're already getting plugged in and in good ways and they're helping out. Um, and so I'm just like, you know, I, I'm embracing it. I, I, I just think it's yeah. fine. If you want to show up and do the work, I, I don't care what you call yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And see, that's the thing is if I was to align with something, it would probably be more on that side of things. And it's because like we talked about earlier, the public publish publicity issues that you get, that the party has had in the past. I think this is the response to some of the, some of the old leadership, not necessarily the new leadership that's, that's, that's come in lately, you know, um, as well though, like I was saying, I think caucuses are kind of weird. Um, and this was going to, this is the last thing I was going to ask you was, what do you say to somebody like me who I am not part of, I'm not a registered member of the party. And the reason is, is because it, it, it kind of <laughs> goes, it goes against the libertarian nature in me, right? We don't want to subscribe to a single party because we don't, typically political parties, you have to, they want this cult-like mentality where you, 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 even if you disagree, you're going to follow that party no matter what. Um, so it kind of goes against that. And which is probably a lot of the reason why registered members stay low in the libertarian party, because even though there's a lot of libertarians, it kind of goes against that way of life that we, we kind of built ourselves. It's our, it's our, it's our nature to not want to be part of a party. Right. right yeah. We're like, we're like, leave us alone. Also let's congregate. No, exactly. That's what I, mean. I and, and honestly, I told, so we were talking about the event that we were hanging out last year and didn't even realize it was each other. Right? Yeah. yeah. The Jorgensen yeah, I, campaign event. And I told Shane the exact same thing. I said, it's really when, cause you guys were standing on stage trying to get people to, you know, join the party and right. get active yeah. memberships and stuff like that. And I leaned over to Shane and I said, it's really hard to get libertarians to come onto a party because, uh, and, you know, join a party and pay to a party when it, it just goes against our nature. And I think Shane actually used that in his speech because <laughs> he was like, yeah, I know it's really hard, but it really makes, it really helps out. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, we, Shane we just goes, money. Shane just goes off the, Shane just goes off the cuff anyway. So he's just like, the I man. know it's against the libertarian nature, but that's a really good cause. And then he went into his full speech. <laughs> I mean, I felt, I felt really bad for Joe that she had to speak after him, honestly, because like he had me ready to run through a wall and then, and then, and then she came on and sort of sucked the air out of the room a little bit, but um, not because of bad ideas, just delivery. No. You know, his delivery. I, he's I just agree. like, he's so I, hyped. Oh yeah. He is like, 
a firecracker going off, right? <laughs> yeah. I, so my answer to that would be, um, I know, I know it's tough. Um, and, and what I would say is if, if the party is saying the things that you want them to say that you want us to say, then, um, by all means you should support us. And that doesn't mean that you support us forever. Like if we leave you leave us, um, and yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that doesn't mean like, cause one person said one bad thing, uh, we left you. I don't, I don't think that's very fair. Um, no. And I don't think that you should vote for the lesser of three evils either. Um, and so I'm not asking you to vote for Dick Cheney or anything if he runs as, as a libertarian. Like that would be, that would be dumb. Um, but you know, if somebody makes one gaffe or, or generally has that was that was a jab at Nick Sarwark, by the way. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you it. know, like I, I think that <clears throat> you can still come in and build the party that you want to build. We are very small right now. Um, all throughout the states, we are looking for people to build county affiliates, to join the state affiliate, to shape what we're doing, to shape what we're saying. A lot of us aren't saying very much right now because one, we're, we want to do something, but we don't necessarily know how to. Two, we don't have the money to get out our message so much. So we need the support for that. But um, we, we want to start these local affiliates. We want to empower people. We want to create a platform to give you a voice um, and so if you want to come out here, um, you know, I, I actually, um, Sarah, you, I've, I've put now in like my focused Twitter group and I don't oh, know awesome. if you've noticed, but I've started sharing and liking your stuff more often because what That's I want to do yeah. is promote Georgia libertarians. You know, I want to make Absolutely. sure that people here are, are, are plat being platformed. <laughs> I don't necessarily know if what you're saying is perfect every time, but that that you're you know i want to platform you i want to make sure that you are yep. speaking to our audience and that they know you're here so um you know, that's my I answer is i think <laughs> support us because we want to support libertarians and um and if we ever are are not doing that it's not that hard to actually change things um or just you know stop stop supporting us if we stop supporting you so <laughs> absolutely I, that's a, that's a good answer i do like that and I had, like we were talking about earlier, I've been very libertarian focused most of my life, or at least in my voting life, but just in 2016 was the first time I voted third party. Um, and I was one of those people that was a Johnson supporter and then jumped ship because he made way too many gaps in, in the party. So it was like, I... I can't support completely now, you know? So I, I loved, think Jordan I loved Gary Johnson so much. I, you know, Bill Weld <laughs> is a different story, but I loved Gary Johnson. I thought his Aleppo <laughs> gaffe was just not a big deal. Uh, and, and I, when he, I didn't think like, it was, that was a, as big of a deal either. I just think then all of a sudden it started turning into just weird stuff. And then when he, I think the, my last straw was when he almost endorsed Hillary Clinton. It was like, well, Bill Weld did what? that, not Gary Johnson. That's the, that, yeah. Bill was, Weld. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Bill Weld endorsed me in 2018 and I, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it stood out to me. And I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but I, I typically don't care. Um, I wrote, I wrote his endorsement quote. Um, cause that's kind of <laughs> how things are done sometimes. Um, but I, yeah. I said something about the crony, uh, crony politicians in Georgia or something. And he wouldn't let me say the word crony. His people came back and said, Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't want that word. I'm like, it's important. It's an important word here. Uh, I'm running yeah. for public service commission. They regulate utilities. They are, they're crony to the core. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and he wouldn't let me use it. And I was just sort of like, man, this kind of sucks. Like, you know, like yeah. this, this is sort I mean, of my it line. Is. We... <laughs> I mean, that's great. Um, I think 
and, and and on a different different note too talking about like campaign finances and stuff like that because that's one of the things i see as being one of the biggest issues in the country period is campaign finance and it's going to take an act of well not an act of congress it's probably going to take an act of god to change finance reforms but i mean i i i believe that no no company should be able to you know give money to a political candidate period that creates corporatism and money laundering through corporate means right um so i'm and then (laughs) do you have more i i can answer later i that's Oh, I was just going to say, and then the other thing is I don't think anybody should be able to donate to a campaign if they're not in the district to be able to vote in oh, that election. Yeah. So I am um, um, for radical free speech all the time. Um, I think campaign giving is speech. And I think anyone should be able to give to any campaign in any amount for any reason. Um, I do. I do think it should be tracked. Um, but I will give the example of, of um, my public service commission run where they are not allowed to receive money from any entity that they regulate. So Georgia, Georgia Power is, is the big one. Um, but if you mm-hmm. go look through the contribution records, um, the, the law firm that represents Georgia Power donates max every year. Um, the uh, head, of the CEO donates uh, personally. His, his wife donates. Their three kids donate. Um, the law, every lawyer at the law firm donates personally, uh, they get around it and they hide it. Mm-hmm. It's even easier to hide than if they just said, Hey, we're going to be George power. We're going to donate $20,000 or hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Um, instead they, they hide it. And when I ask about it, so when I was in the debate, uh, in Georgia, they allow every candidate to ask any candidate one question. And I laid it out that basically he was receiving campaign contributions from Georgia Power. And all he did was attack the source. Um, The people who did the work were a little left-leaning organization in the media. Uh, He did not really deny it, um, but it didn't matter. Nobody cared. I couldn't make anybody care because they're like, that's not Georgia Power. And I'm like, but it is. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? Like, so what they do is they find a way. Um, When you create laws... There's, you know, the scene and the on-scene. And yeah. what ends up happening is you hide that giving rather than stopping it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's absolutely true as well, <laughs> I guess. Um, and I could, I, could, I could even say if you receive public funds, then you can't give because then that is basically money laundering, right? They yeah. are, you're giving money to a politician to give you money, more money, right? Yeah, so. no, that... <laughs> That actually does make a lot of sense. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so kind of going back to, um, you know, circling back around <laughs> um, to what we were talking about, about, you know, how we see our platforms and stuff like that. And that's really where I see this platform too, is just to kind of push libertarian ideas. And I love having you guys come on Um and, and just giving like you guys a voice to be able to just, you know, speak to the people and get more people in here into the, into the chat and stuff like that. So we can get more questions in here and, Mm -hmm. and do stuff like that. I think that's where my role in, in this, even if I'm not part of the party, I think I can give at least something, um, somewhat of a perspective and give a voice to, to you guys who, 
you guys have a big voice, but some sometimes you guys are missing some some corners as well. And and yep. um, that's where I'm at. Um, we gotta get actually, you around I, for I think... office. That's what we gotta do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it is kind of ironic too, because like last week, um, the head of the um, the Georgia log cabin Republicans contacted me to 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 talk as well. So. I think it'll be interesting to bring a um, a libertarian voice to a conversation like that as well, um, yeah. and that's why again, it's it, I don't want to just focus just on libertarian candidates as well. I want to show everybody. I think everybody should be able to make their own own decisions, give people information, make their own decisions, and and bring your and and you know make the most informed vote for your for your um, your values. I guess. Yeah. I, is the is the Georgia Republican Party allowing them uh, the Georgia log cabin Republicans to table at this point? I, I think I remember like two years ago they were not allowed to table at their convention. They were they said they didn't want them there. I'm just I'm not sure that, that is a good that is a good question that I will have to ask him because I ha- I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I can see it because um, especially just knowing you know. The log cabin Republicans are kind of the LGBT wing of the party and gay marriage is still listed as a no for on their party platform for Republicans. Jesus. So I, yeah. I think I'm like 90% sure of that. And it was ironically, I think it was Donald Trump that had won it, that had mentioned taking it off of their, off of the, uh, the party. Yeah. Website, I think that's uh, a done and gone guys. <clears throat> i think right now you are gonna see an influx of people start coming in because social conservatives have reared their heads again and a lot of people even in the walk away movement are starting to walk away from the republicans because they're being pushed away by social conservatives and i've seen people like carlin borisenko and mike harlow and and a lot of those people who were out there and walk away and i know them pretty well I, I communicate um and 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 stuff with them they've become friends of mine um even ariel scarcella who is like one of my best friends has been talking about she's a libertarian um and so when they start you know popping up and doing that it's a great opportunity for the party to start being like hey start getting those voices in to start talking to you guys one-on-one and cause they have a huge platform that they're going on, that they're, that yeah. they're pushing. So I think that's a, that's a great opportunity. Um, and I'll be talking some of these issues with these people here in the future as well. Yeah, um, awesome. not saying too much, not, not, not getting my hopes up too much, but I do have a stacked lineup of Liberty minded people coming up at mm-hmm. least the next four months on my channel. Um, cool. not live streams. We're going to be doing videos, but I have, yeah, about four guests ready to go. And like I said, I even Trey, who I released a video with two days ago, is liberty minded as well. And he's considers himself a libertarian. So um, all these guests are it's a great way for the party to kind of see some of these more national figures. I mean, Dave Smith is just one guy, but you have this whole campaign that I mean, what they did for Donald Trump was amazing. Um, when Donald Trump wins more LGBT voters, more black voters, more of these minority voters in 2020 than he did in 2019, more percentage wise in the only in the only demographic that Joe Biden won 
um, more of than he did than Clinton did in 2016 was among straight white men. Mm-hmm. Um, so when social conservatives start pushing those people away, the Libertarian Party is there to snatch them up, right? Because a lot of these people are more small government minded, but they they're sucked into this duopoly and they need somewhere to go. So I think that is a huge opportunity for us to, us to grow the party as well. I, I would hope that anyone that's liberty minded that joins the Republican party immediately feels um, just icky, you know, not to, not to yeah. use the, the technical term, right? So you have like Rand Paul and Mike Lee who are generally pretty decent as far as, as far mm-hmm. as like representatives go. And um and they're in Georgia campaigning for Senator Purdue last year. And it's like, yeah, you have to support some pretty atrocious politicians in order to even get your foot in the door. And if you don't, they will guilt you. They'll, they'll kick you out. They'll say, you know, you're, you're not true here. You're a rhino. You're whatever. Uh, get out. And um, they might be yeah. right. I think that, I, you know, this is what I, uh, the, the phrase I used to, to get Shane to come over to the Libertarian Party is I, you know, he was calling everybody a rhino. And I said, Shane, I, I need to tell you something. You're the you're the rhino. Um, come home to the Libertarian Party already, because this is mm-hmm. where you belong. This is where your home is. This is where you won't get yeah. pushed around. This is where you won't get, uh, you know, campaigned against by your own damn people. Um come on over, come home. And sure enough, he's here and he's found a home and he's found a, just a, a wall of support, which has been awesome. Yep. And yeah. And he has become a, yeah, like you said, he's been, he has become the voice, I think of the Georgia party right now. Well, and that's why he's running for governor because he should be, he should yeah. be the voice, right? Yeah. Is he, have, I mean, like we said, he came he's over, we embraced him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that is, that's always been what's, I, I mentioned it to, to Austin Peterson a couple weeks ago the same way. I've been duped way too many times by liberty-minded Republicans um, to really trust them enough to vote for them. I mean, I made some bad votes in my in my in my day, but voting for Joe Jorgensen was probably the best one I've done yet. So yeah, um, because I felt good about it because um, people that I have supported in the past. I mean, I. I've supported Ted Cruz. I've supported, um, oh, what's his name down in Texas. Um, but it's like, as soon as Donald Trump got into office, they completely got rid of their values and became just <laughs> part of the establishment. Yeah. There's, there was, there's, there's maybe, you know, Rand Paul, other than what you were talking about, he's still pretty solid. He's taken some heat. But you do you do know you see uh thomas massey took a lot of heat rounds from um from trump yep. um and he got, still stood he got primaried exactly <laughs> yeah um and then obviously what happened to justin amash um is is prime example of yep. of what happens when you go against um somebody who has so much as much influence as as donald trump does uh or did in the party yeah Mosh Um, just said you know i'm not doing it i'm not supporting these people anymore because they don't really support me so he came home yeah and i think he i love i i think he is a great person i mean i was i'm from michigan and i you know um yeah so i'm originally from michigan um my whole family's up there so i i kind of knew a little bit 
I mean, talking to family and stuff up there about him, which are conservative. So they were kind of on the bandwagon of Trump a little bit more because they're more conservative, they're conservatives and, and not completely libertarians. But, um, you know, he, the, the only issue I actually had with Justin Amash was he seemed to take what happened personal because I didn't agree that Trump committed any impeachable offenses and he and even after there was no evidence he still voted for it I think that was more of a spite vote than a than a values vote and a constitutional you know, vote I, I sort of you know I, I I cited with Justin Amash on a lot of that stuff and um agreed mm-hmm. with him but then but but only you know I did if you go back you look at my my Twitter I probably didn't talk about it very much um, I, I didn't really care a whole lot, um, you know, one way or another. I was like, oh, we're going to get rid of, you know, these corrupt people and we're going to get more corrupt people. It's no big deal. Like, it's mm-hmm. damned if we do, damned if we don't. So why am I going to spend a bunch of uh, a bunch of political capital on two parties that I don't belong to and don't want to be part of? And so I sort of got frustrated with Justin yeah. Mosh because I feel like he hung on it too much and just didn't talk about yeah. enough, you know, other things. I feel like he he could have talked about other things and done pretty well for himself and still like left the you know Republican party and, and all that stuff. I just, yep. um, you know, I, yeah. I was a little upset with him about that, but also I agreed with him. So I, and I, and I, yeah, that's where I was as well. I think, <laughs> I, I think that's where most libertarians felt about it. And they, yeah. that's why, that's why I think when it, when he talked about running for election um, last time, they were still in that mindset of they they weren't ready to accept him fully into the party because of just how what he did in that area i think um and all the criticism he was getting um which now time has passed and now he's actually pushing stuff right and i think he is him like you said him and spike cohen are probably the futures of the party and they're gonna do great things for the party here Within the next, you know, next few years, they're already starting to plan and, and, and it's really good. Yeah, with that whole thing with Donald Trump, I actually agreed with what Tulsi Gabbard did and voted present. Oh, yeah. Because in her statement was she doesn't think he committed an impeachable offense, but she doesn't want to support what he did either. Yeah. Which was absolutely the right way to go, I think. I, I just I, you know, I, I think um, I think I think presidents uh, commit impeachable offenses on the daily, and they should get impeached like all the damn time. And it's pretty <laughs> atrocious that we waited to do it um, for for whatever we waited to do it for. I don't even remember what we impeached him for at this oh. point. Um, but <laughs> the insurrection. Well, that one. No, that, that was, was the second one. Russian, so the Russian collusion, and then the insurrection. Oh yeah, the Russian which... collusion one. Oh, but but Tulsi was a Russian agent too. Remember? So of course she didn't think he did it. Of course, so of course. They were course. they were they were in it together. <laughs> and, and, and now we're looking at China Gate, right? The Wuhan, the Wuhan stuff going on. Which that I mean, that's more collusion than anything when it comes. I'm to... so pissed. I'm, that makes me so mad. I, I I'm so the voice of reason on all this stuff, but like, um, you know, I don't claim to know where it came from or or anything like that. But the media for over a year has been. Um, blacklisting people who even suggested that it may be man-made, um, that it may have escaped from a lab. Oh, and yeah, is that what you were talking about? I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah okay, cool. And 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 then now they're they're going back and like stealth editing their their uh, articles and 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 um, not bothering to apologize to anybody that they canceled or, or blocked from wherever. And it's just insane to me. I'm like, this this is clearly politicized and is such a prime example of why we do not want 
healthcare in the political political sphere because the incentives are just so screwed up. And um, yeah, this is it's 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 bad news. We we just should should not do this. No, absolutely. Well, and now it's not even it's not it's even worse than what you're saying too because it's not even just them going back and shadow changing their articles and stuff it's now even social media if you post a picture of the fauci emails you're getting they're getting taken down like it's a direct source it's literally a direct source it's it's exactly what it is and they're like there's not enough context behind this or something like that is what's going on with a lot of them And and you're just like it's so blatant and it's it's like um like these that's this is what he said and i think that's i mean i am curious and and you might know this too you might know this but um i mean he lied last week on the floor of the senate to Rand paul about gain of use or gain of function research oh yeah i don't know if if i mean isn't that an under oath interview like isn't that perjury maybe (laughs) maybe yeah i don't know it seems like it should be. Like, it seems like it. I mean, he lied to uh, a senator of the United States. Yeah. Right to his face. And that he didn't know that it wasn't gain of use. And then in his emails from last year, his person told him that it was gain, gain of function or something. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. It, was, it was in an email. Yeah. He used the term even. He said, uh, uh, since we stopped doing that or something, implying that they yeah. did do it. Uh, <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and then like, I read like the email about mass. I'm like, imagine having an advisor that tells you this, you go out and you spread the, and you you say masks don't work because the virus is too small, too small and goes right through most of the masks. And then that, that same advisor goes on and said, no, I never said that. And it's, it's just, you know, Trump being Trump and saying what he thinks, thinks I said. And then you see the emails and you're like, wait a second. He did. He told Trump that. And then, and yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's this like terrible politicization of, of healthcare, which, you know, it's just, it, it, it's not the way it should happen. And, yeah. and I, and I was critical of the way Trump handled that at all. Um, because, yeah. you know, early on the respirators, he was, uh, he had the government buy him up and then was, uh, delivering them to hospitals that like messaged him saying they needed them. And, uh, yeah. all the N95 masks, they bought those up. Um, pumping money into the vaccine in general was, you know, not the way that we should do it, like public money into it, uh, the oh, Operation yeah. Warp Drive, and then, and then centrally planning and distributing it through public networks to, to distribute the healthcare. I'm like, this is nationalized healthcare. This is literally yeah. socialism. This is exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> at, the, and at the same time, claiming that you're going to let the states handle it. And right it's a 10th yeah. amendment thing right it, it it was and i i mean the whole the whole coronavirus response was the exact reason why we don't trust republicans you know yeah <laughs> it is yeah. because i mean never go full it democrat grew, it it grew government so large um yeah. and i think that i mean i we we've talked I've talked conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Never really gone down the rabbit hole of what the real conspiracy theories could be like China birds aren't real. purpose. And that's, that's the one you know, birds aren't real. That's, yeah. that's the only one that's real. 
Because <laughs> I, I mean, but you can see China, China doing something like that on purpose and to spread communism because they know how world leaders are going to react to a pandemic like this. Yeah, maybe I, I don't I don't like I don't like doing it uh, the consp- conspiracy <laughs> stuff because because I don't know enough that's that's my thing is you know my yeah I uh you know I I got vaccinated um and I, I did it because mm-hmm. I thought that um given my risk profile uh it probably wouldn't hurt me to do it um I knew I'd be a lot more able to move about in public um I I didn't necessarily know if it would help me but I also like I said figured it wouldn't hurt me easy for me to take time out of my day to go do. Um, yeah. So I, I went ahead and, and did it. Um, I don't claim to be able to make that decision for anybody else. I, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Um, I, I would not suggest that anybody get the vaccine. Uh, I wouldn't suggest that they don't because I don't know. I'm an IT project manager. I have no expertise <laughs> whatsoever in this. And I made yep. a decision for myself and um, I discussed it with my partner. And that—that's the only person that helped me discuss this. So, absolutely, um, <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Um, I got vaccinated for very personal reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I'm having surgery in the fall, and I didn't want it to get canceled because I—I would—it would be my luck to get—I um, would get COVID the week before I, I go up there because I had—I yeah. did—I. I didn't change. I really didn't change my life at all during, during the pandemic. I did what I wanted, you know, I had two COVID, two COVID scares and it was kind of what it was, you know, if I got it, I got it. But again, being former military, you kind of have a different view on life in general. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the other reason why I didn't mind getting it because when I was in the military, I, I got jabbed with all sorts of stuff. You know, I'm like talking to people and they're like telling me what their side effects were and their arms hurt. And I'm like, Oh, that kind of sounds like the anthrax vaccine that I've gotten like three of. And they're like, anthrax vaccine. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm terrified but of it. Did, I hate it. Actually, I hate them so much. <laughs> but, so. oh, okay. I think, uh, is there anything um, else you wanted to, uh, you want to discuss before we, before we cut this? I think we covered all the major topics we sort of talked about talking about. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, my whole list is gone, which is actually pretty good because I, it, nice. usually we just go off on everything, right? Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, where, um, what what links do you want um, people to go to? I think I put a bunch of links already in the comment. In the, yeah, uh, so, so on Facebook and Twitter, right? I'm Graham4GA. Uh, that's the number four and then GA. Um, and so you can find me there. You can go to, L- if you're in Georgia, um, or if you're not, we actually accept members from anywhere. Uh, you can go to lpgeorgia.com slash membership, join members. Um, LP Georgia is on, um, Facebook and Twitter as well. So, um, yeah, come support us and check out what I have to say. That's that. Absolutely. Yeah. Go, go do your research, do your research before you actually make a decision to vote and vote, vote your conscience is really mm-hmm. all I can. The only advice I can give you when it comes to voting is, is, is vote your conscience for your values. If you can, if you are comfortable with the decisions that are made after that person is elected, then vote it. <laughs> right? And if you have any questions about anything that's going on, um, anything we talked about or, or anything that's going on in the Libertarian Party, I am decently plugged in. So um, you can hit me up on, on Twitter or Facebook on DMs, or, or you can email me ryan.gram at lpgeorgia.com. Um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm very responsive and happy to answer any questions. You can do it in public too, if you want. That's fine too. I don't care. 
<laughs> I'm pretty honest. Yeah, it's, I'm, it, I'm pretty like I I don't I I'm like the worst politician ever, um, which may be why I joined the, the Libertarian Party. <laughs> but that's I'm, why, I'm pretty that's why blunt. I, that's why I can't run for election because I'm way too honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you asked me. Well, actually, like, actually, I think I actually think Shane's more honest than I am. So <laughs> everyone always goes to the worst thing. They're always like, "Well, what do you think about legalizing heroin?" I'm like, well, "Like, look, I'm not out there campaigning to legalize heroin, but like, you asked, so I'm gonna answer, and you're gonna have to deal with it." And they're like, "You, why are you talking about legalizing heroin?" I'm like, "You asked me, and I answered." <laughs> You know, like, what are you talking exactly. about? What am I bringing that? And that is, that is what, I mean, we have answers for that stuff. So. Yeah. Would you rather I uh, didn't answer you or lied? I don't think so. No, I'm not, I'm not going to play this game. I have an answer and right. it goes along one. with libertarian philosophies. And that's, that's it. When they can't get you in a gotcha question, they'll, they'll, they'll attack you because you're actually answering the question. You're absolutely yep. right. And it's kind of, it's kind of funny because I think I just, joined both facebook groups for the party like a month ago so awesome. <laughs> it's it's really good um i think the the like i said the links are in the description um if you're watching this make sure you subscribe to this channel because like i said i have a lot of great viewers coming on here in the next few weeks and um hopefully start doing some more live streams and stuff like that i do i'm trying to do like a video a week and live streams are extra to videos um for special special events um because it it just gets people so they can ask ask the person that i'm interviewing questions so again um thanks for joining um absolutely click subscribe go and follow us on twitter follow us on facebook instagram wherever you guys are at um all the links are are below